0: Hi folks, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We are on episode 16 and I'm here with the main man, Joe Parrish, my mentor, my coach, the creator of the High Performance Coach. Um, good to have you on, mate. King Ryan and how are you, sir? Very
1: well, very well, mate. Had a good day. Yourself? Not too bad, my friend. Not too bad. I'm excited I'm excited for this. We were just saying before, before the podcast started how... Uh, it's like raw reversal now. It's gonna be the first time that you're gonna be answering me asking me questions and I'm gonna be answering.
0: It feels weird. Yeah, this is it's gonna be a strange dynamic. Um, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it'll work. Um, so I'm gonna kind of introduce Joe a little bit for those of you that don't actually know who he is. So came across Joe about ooh, a year and a half ago. Um, just came across him on Instagram and I was like, this guy looks like someone that could help me out here. Um, so I've told this story a good few times now, but I was essentially at, I've got to say it's rock bottom, um, middle of lockdown, was working in an Amazon warehouse, didn't have much money left in my name. And I was like, right, we're going to make this personal training online coach thing work. So I reached out to Joe and um, he was running the, the high performance coach, which essentially allows coaches to just level up their standards their business and everything else around about that and a year and a half later I'm probably in a in a pretty good position I am probably the happiest I've ever been business is going really well um and yeah things are looking up so I've got a lot to thank for this man so just wanted you all all you guys to kind of understand that
1: Dude, absolutely amazing. And fundamentally, mate, exactly as I say to you all the time, I simply give you the tools and the platform and the support, but it's you that's now been able to run with it, take massive action, and uh, now be able to really kind of thrive and build and create and really um, explore what you now believe is possible. We knew that you had the capability to be able to do, but it was just like kind of the missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle that we now need to put together. Um, And I think it's safe to say, mate, the trajectory, the progress, the impact, uh, both personally and professionally has been absolutely monumental, which is an absolute testament and a credit to you. Um, and you've gone from being um, somebody who, like I say, who's working night shifts at Amazon and doing a little bit of coaching to now somebody who's now an integral part um, of the high performance coach and is now really kind of uh, leading the way in so many ways, which is absolutely unbelievable.
0: Thank you, mate. Um, and I know a lot of my clients, they they want to know more about <laughs> you. Like a lot of the listeners, they're like, who is this guy that coaches you? Who is this nut job that is always on his bike, <laughs> out running, training every day of the week? And people actually believe that you're a robot, but I've told them you're not. <laughs>
1: I'm not I'm not, I'm not, a robot. I actually, funnily enough, do this stuff for fun now. It's weird. Actually yeah. do it do it for fun and do it for enjoyment. Yeah.
0: So look, I kind of wanted to get a little bit of a, a background into you, just a little bit about you growing up um, and how this basically led you to where you are
1: just now. Yeah, okay, dude, absolutely superb. And I think this is something we discussed kind of last week. I'm going to give you a little bit more depth and a little bit more detail and a bit of context. I think it's going to be absolutely key, but i try and keep it as kind of concise as as possible. So ultimately, I think like so many um, individuals, Uh, We have this aspiration when you're younger to really kind of pursue this kind of professional footballing kind of dream and every single kind of waking minute of uh, every single day was basically spent me kicking a ball against the wall or playing football with my mates in the park until after dark, until I got to a point my mum pretty much pulled me in and everything that I now wanted to do was centered around basically making it as a professional footballer and uh, it was really my livelihood and at the age of 16 uh, I made the choice and decision to move away from home move to Torquay United and basically joined their college scheme initially uh, which wasn't kind of it was kind of associated to Torquay but I was basically I went to college uh, basically played for the college team for a couple of days a week and then obviously kind of studied alongside it Uh, and I was obviously fortunate enough to then be able to get picked up and uh, then or given a two-year uh, kind of full-time kind of youth contract, as it were. So I basically moved from the place I was in Torquay up to um, the ground. I basically lived in a house with a family and an abundance of the other players for a couple of years, which was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the experience was amazing. And in hindsight, I think the biggest lesson for me was that the, the kid that used to play out with his mates, he used to kick a ball um, against a wall for endless hours and uh, go to the park and play Wembley singles until... Um, after dark came from a place of this kind of like fun and passion. I just express myself and I look back now and I'm like, I was really good. I was a really, really good player. And then as soon as I moved to Torquay, I created this kind of like level of expectation for myself. I created all this additional external, um, like I perceived external pressure, but it was just really this internal pressure and all that fun and passion had now been traded for stress and pressure. And Fundamentally, upon um, reflection, in hindsight, it didn't really, in my opinion fulfill the potential that I really truly had um, and that massively obviously impacted me got to a point of course I didn't um, then kind of pursue any further didn't get given another contract and then thought right okay now what um, ended up going to working in Tesco's for eight to 12 weeks um, stacking shelves and then uh, basically got the opportunity to go some ex- to some exit trials and basically got given an opportunity to then basically get a scholarship to move up to Scotland. I was like, from North Devon, I'm not moving to Scotland because that's like a million miles away um, and it snows up there and it's unbelievably cold. Uh, went up and uh, 11 years later, kind of here we are. And kind of since then, I've done physique competitions, bodybuilding, and I've now kind of done an Ironman and all sorts of different things, powerlifting competitions, and just really wanted to kind of explore. But that's kind of really the root of where everything really came from was that <laughs> kind of footballing competitive background and just really wanting to make it and being so close but yet yeah, so far
0: yeah so how did you find something I wanted to ask you is how did you find shifting that identity of being known as a footballer because I think so many young guys nowadays they put all their eggs on in that basket I am a footballer and then they'll get to like 17 18 19 and when that dream's taken away from them they're like what the hell what else am I like I'm, I'm only a footballer and people find it hard to then find something else I certainly found it really hard when I kind of left for Australia when I was about 18 19 I was like all I've ever known is football so what what can I be now and it led me into this area of being really confused with my life how did you find that
1: Mate, exactly the same. And I think also at that age, you know, it, it, it's difficult because like you say, like for me, mate, that was my entire livelihood. I measured the entirety of my self-worth, my entire like status, I suppose, was um, built and created around that, you know, and then obviously going from that to then basically stacking shelves and Tesco's for like eight to 12 weeks was actually really, really difficult for me. Um, but ultimately, it was just now realizing that. Um, in hindsight and upon reflection that I needed to have. Different outlets, and I needed to realize and appreciate that I was so much more than just yeah, wearing wearing a football shirt and having the ball at my feet. And I think going to university actually gave me that because it actually gave me that diversity, it gave me that opportunity to now be able to actually start to realize right, okay, do you know what I can really get my teeth stuck into, of course, the football. Uh, but then make that's really where I kind of found my love for the fitness industry even more so. So I kind of coincide with obviously the football, really starting to develop and start kind of the, the fitness industry, the coaching side of things alongside like the studying, which was kind of a bit of an afterthought. I'm not going to lie, that was a bit of a tick box exercise. But I was actually now able to realize that for me, there's so much more to life. Um, And there's so many more opportunities. And actually that kind of journey for me has just shaped and molded and given me so many incredible life lessons and experiences that now allow me to um, step into, right, okay, what is it now I want to do? Who is it that I now want to be? And what are the kind of, yeah, real key core kind of principles, philosophies, and lessons that I can now carry forward with me? Um, And also, do you know what? allowed me to actually enjoy football again, because like you say, I went from like being stiff and rigid and like... Put myself under so much pressure and create this big expectation for myself that i really feel as though that i didn't play to my capacity to so then actually going back to playing football but for the reasons that i started playing football when i was a kid and it was that fun enjoyment social you know and that actually again reignited kind of the love and the passion and gave me then so much for a kind of number of years thereafter so i think um ultimately when you're in it it's hard but it's about realizing that you are so much more than just you know one thing, and the ability to be able to have different hobbies, different passions, different things that you now want to explore. I think is absolutely um, key, and actually, I think it makes you more well-rounded. Um, and actually probably makes you a better player as a byproduct.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think there's there's so many young guys come out of like the academy, the ca- the academy system, and they. They actually then feel they find like a new lease of life. Like if they're able to get past that whole kind of identity trouble, they find a new lease of life. And even if they drop down a level, like you see this quite often, like they'll maybe drop down to like the level below or amateurs and they just actually enjoy it again. Um, because it's a high pressure situation. And perhaps I just wasn't made for the professional game, but a lot of the time I would freeze under that pressure and like a little bit too much, um a little bit too much on the training pitch would kind of make me. Going to my shell and again that's probably why I didn't make it but it's um it's certainly more enjoyable
1: now um so something I wanted to know as well what position did you play um, so as a kid i was obviously a center forward and then i think mate the older i got the further back i went um, so then basically uh, i played a lot of my younger career in like center, central midfield and then i ended up when i was at torquay uh, basically played center half and right back um yep. typically that's basically where you know where where i was uh, where i was kind of best suited um, so yes mate that that's kind of where I where I played mate I haven't played for a number of years now and I think if I did my 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 head would do one thing and my feet would do the complete opposite the complete opposite yeah I was waiting to ask you when was the last time you kicked the ball properly uh, mate I did play quite a bit of five a side a couple of years ago um Actually, when I was doing like bodybuilding prep, actually, uh, during, during that time. And I remember actually I, I pulled a hamstring like six weeks before a bodybuilding show. And I ended up having to do cardio on like, you know, the hand bikes that they've got. I ended yeah. up having to do that like, cardio on a hand bike because I couldn't, because obviously I couldn't walk. Um, so, mate, it's probably been a good, it's been a good couple of years. Although I say that actually, um, I'd really love to get back into actually just playing some five aside or seven aside for a bit of fun. Um, again, just to take yourself away from the world. Just, do you know what I mean? Have a run around for an hour and just kind of get a sweat on and have a, you know, good crack. Um, and also that competitive thing as well, mate, because at the end of the day, when you've got that, you always want to kind of, you know, keep, keep that as well. But I definitely think that lesson for me in terms of like stress and pressure for fun and passion has actually now been absolutely huge for me in terms of now kind of a massive life lesson, which has enhanced and helped me so much now kind of moving forward. So um, I'm eternally grateful that actually I didn't make it as a pro. I'm actually eternally grateful that everything's happened the way that it is at the time. It felt terrible. It felt crap. You uh, obviously had kind of a low level of self-worth and kind of questioned like, well, okay, Now what? Um, But it's just another piece of the puzzle. And it's just now another opportunity to explore and understand, okay, this is now a new beginning and gives me so much kind of potential, which is, I think, um, such a positive for so many.
0: Yeah, definitely. So after football, after you moved up to Sterling, what was your kind of, what was the first thing that you then moved into? Was it bodybuilding? Was it powerlifting? Was there something else? What was the next thing that you moved into? Because obviously you need to replace that
1: passion Was going to be something in place of that. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I'll tell you a funny story. When I was at Torquay, basically every single day, um the biggest thing for me was that I actually didn't really care about training. I just wanted to get to the end of the day so I could go to the gym. And at the English Riviera, they used to I used to go down. I used to train chest, back, and arms pretty much every day because I never trained legs because obviously we were training five days a week. Oh, that was a story that I told myself. And uh, obviously ended up getting pretty, pretty top heavy for a period of time. And everybody just knew me as like kind of up RoboCop, the guy that just loved going to the gym and training away. And I'll never forget it. Basically one day in training, um, I was playing right back and I was playing against a guy who was unbelievable. We actually went on and played for Middlesbrough in the championship, actually a couple of years later. And he literally run me ragged. He turned me inside out. And uh, I'll never forget the statement the manager told me basically he told me how to turn the turning circle of a milk float it's like you've got the turning circle of a, of a milk float just because you need because you love going to the gym and you need to stop going to the gym and you need to spend more time playing football and working on your agility but I was like nah more bench press more bicep curls yeah. you know um so, so when I basically moved to, to, to Scotland obviously the football was still there my point was obviously I still already had this massive passion for training this massive passion for um kind of um working out and coaching and all these good things so um, I basically ended up then going into like the strength conditioning route, the coaching route um, and still continue playing football. But I actually had a, a kind of a doctor tear for two years that never actually got resolved. So I actually had to take a massive step back, which is where training and going to the gym and looking after myself and like my bodybuilding really came to the forefront. Because, um, again, like going from going absolutely all into wanting to be a professional footballer to then being like, well, OK, I'm a recreational gym user. And then not really having that level of discipline, that level of fire, that level of kind of, okay, I want to challenge myself, basically meant that I was doing A-OK and I was moving forwards, but I really felt lost. And I'll never forget it. After a night out, I woke up with a pizza box next to me, um, like, you know, eight o'clock in the morning when I was at university. And I was like, right, something needs to change. Um, And I basically booked myself in for a photo shoot. And then off the back of that, I basically booked myself in for a competition uh, and then basically prepped uh from like a physique perspective for then the next kind of two, three years, then went into natural bodybuilding, then went into powerlifting, and then kind of, you know, that's kind of led into kind of now the performance, endurance kind of realm and, and side of things. But that gave me such structure, it gave me such discipline. Um, and it taught me so many incredible, valuable lessons and actually it was quite a nice bridge as well, because it just allowed me to now realize the more effort I put in, the more that I now controlled and um the more that I now lived in alignment with my values and what I thought was right when all my mates were going out and I was going I was going out in the morning just as they were coming in. Um, it just now allowed me to realize actually just the power of work, discipline, backing yourself, believing in yourself, trusting yourself and just following your own path. Um, and just now realizing there's going to be naysayers, there's going to be people that would judge you, take the piss out of you. But ultimately, if you're clear on where you're going and you make that your mission, the power that that gives you is absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, unreal. Um, so w- where would you say that, the height of your bodybuilding career went? And
1: then on the flip side, where would you say the, the the biggest lows were? I mean, personally for me, I think it was probably the first ever show that I did. So the first ever men's physique show that I did was in 2014. Basically, bodybuilding, men's physiques then was basically, only been going for one year. So the show before was basically 2013, 2014 was basically the second year they'd ever been going. So it's really, really new. It was basically in a, you know, a time whereby, yeah, there wasn't kind of like the same level of competition, federations that they now basically are. And again, being at university, living in a house with three other lads, um, you know, and me now kind of prepping myself also on a kind of student loan. Um, I remember it like I was three weeks out from my, my first ever show. And obviously I didn't have a clue. I had no education. I basically just basically put myself in a huge calorie deficit. I ate the same six food sources for like 16 weeks. I battered myself into the ground every single day. There was no logic. There was no structure. There was no education behind it. It was just work, 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 work. And I got to a point where, yeah, three weeks before I was that skink, because obviously I was at university. I had to get my mum to lend me 30 quid so I could buy a pre workout so I could get through the next three weeks of training sessions um, because I didn't have the capacity to do so. And, um, that was a little bit of a lonely and isolated journey. I had a few incredible people that supported me, which was absolutely monumental. Leanne thought that I absolutely hated her because we just got into a relationship and she was like, I was miserable. My libido was through the floor and I was just like, probably like a lot of your clients think I was probably like a robot for a period of time. Um, And anyway, this show was basically a thousand, there was a thousand people in the crowd. Um, and about 15 of my mates basically came from university to this, to this show. There was 25 people on stage, there was 25 men's physique athletes. And I basically won that show. Um, I had absolutely zero expectation. I had absolutely zero kind of knowledge. I had absolutely zero kind of understanding what I was walking into and what I was going into. And out of twenty-five guys, um, I basically walked away with like yeah, the first prize. And that's really when everything started to change. Man, and I'll never forget like the the um, the celebration and everything else from like the, the the uni lads that just appreciated kind of what I kind of been through to get to that point. And again, then to win that was mate absolutely huge and that was really when uh, the sponsorships and everything else then started to fall thereafter uh, the biggest load for me mate was probably realizing that I then got the opportunity to go to like the British finals I was competing um at the time in non-tested federations um I'm a natural competitor and uh, so I went down to the British finals and I literally felt like a small boy I literally <laughs> felt like I'd never even lifted before and then I stood on stage with, like 35 40 other people and I got about a prep for the, you know, another 16 weeks. And I literally got on stage for about two seconds. Um, and then that was probably it. And then again, the, you know, the repercussions of the relationship with myself, the relationship with my food, um, obviously the digestive issues that I had off the back of it, because obviously back then in 2014, I had no knowledge, no education, nobody to mentor, coach or guide me. Um, and again, it was all relatively new then as well. You ate chicken, broccoli and rice seven days a week, you know, and that was how you did it. So I think obviously then probably that was, one of the lowest points as well was realizing yeah the repercussions of that um so yeah mate that's probably the, that's probably the, my biggest high and that's probably my uh my, my biggest low yeah without a doubt
0: yeah bodybuilding seems like a, a strange industry and a, a pretty scary industry that i'm actually lucky I've, I've never been in um a lot of my clients will know that i attempted it solo a couple of years ago and it really did not go well um but there's a lot of great competitors and there's a lot of hardworking people in there. So you can't take anything away from it. Um, the,
1: the, le- the lessons that you get from it are absolutely unbelievable. And again, mate, now with the level of education and understanding and the level of um, kind of, you know, knowledge and support, again, it's absolutely amazing. It's just about now knowing your values, why you're now currently doing it, looking at the pros and the cons and just now really looking at, right, okay, my lifestyle more so than anything else, mate, it taught me so much. It gave. Yeah. Me, I wouldn't be here yeah. right now if I'd hadn't gone through that process. Um That gave me so much, but a 100%, a lot of people potentially don't do it now for the right reasons Um, and also the way in which you now approach it you do need to obviously have a level of kind of education and awareness and understanding um, in order to be able to make sure that a you can look after yourself obviously throughout but then the most important thing is afterwards um, which is absolutely key so that you can then obviously continue to kind of build because everybody has a life out with that Um, and obviously that can then start to have an impact you know
0: yeah um so where do you believe that you got to the point that the bodybuilding wasn't necessarily serving you anymore in terms of your own personal journey? And I suppose we could relate it to your coaching as well. Um, And where did you find that you began to start to want to try different things? Again, you talk about endurance and different kind of
1: methodologies of training. Um, When did you believe that it was time to, to change that? I think off the back of the first show, then all of a sudden, everybody thought that I was obviously an expert because I'd now just had a six pack and won a bodybuilding show. So then obviously kind of like the online coaching kind of went a little bit crazy. All I did was set up a Facebook page and then all these people basically just started started asking me for coaching this and everything else. And that's kind of how the online coaching started to build. I was working in the gym at the time, so I couldn't actually provide any coaching because I was actually employed by the university uh, whilst I was still studying. Um, for me, then obviously bodybuilding, I basically then went into natural bodybuilding, I basically uh, competed in men's physique, eight or nine times. Um, And then I basically went into kind of natural bodybuilding in 2017. um, Just because I wanted to be able to once again, just explore something different. And then off the back of that, I just started to realize that for me, um, in terms of, my life in terms of my values, in terms of what it was that I now wanted to do. I now wanted to spend less time worrying about me and working on me, and spend now more time coaching, guiding, serving, leading others. Um. So obviously, I then basically ended up becoming becoming a physique coach. I prepped obviously a lot of athletes, prepped a lot of people for photo shoots, prepped a lot of people for holidays. Um. So basically, for me, it's like I had an abundance of kind of experience and knowledge, been through the process an abundance of times, and just started to realize actually, do you know what? For me, moving forwards. I found more passion, I found more purpose, and I found more love supporting and watching others go through the process and journey that gave me a level of fulfillment, a level of emotion in comparison to doing it myself. I proved to myself that I can now do it. I went as far as I probably could go at the time that I was willing to go. Um, And then ultimately, then off the back of that, I suppose I I felt a little bit lost because obviously my entire identity again had been centered around bodybuilding. I basically had been prepping for, you know, five, six years on and off almost like continuously. So the way of living and the way of life, the way of structure, the way of routine, the way in which you now nourish, the way in which you now train, obviously aligned to a certain standard there's certain sacrifices and compromises that you made. And then obviously thereafter, when I took a step away from that, I'm almost in like this middle ground, this lost ground, where again, I was like comparing myself to what I used to do, but I realized that that wasn't my goal anymore. So then I was just turning up and training and going through the motions. And I was like, what is this that I'm now really, really doing? And um, one of my clients actually got diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, She was basically up here as a student at at university. Um, She didn't have much family up here Oh, actually she should not have any family up here um so i remember basically going in and seeing her at the um, hospital i used to go and see her take her stuff and um built up an incredible relationship with her and again like the big thing for me was just like now realizing, right, okay i'm like this fit athletic driven individual and for me now like seeing that I was like how can i now just do something that had a greater power of responsibility that was kind of about something that wasn't just about me of course there was selfish you know endeavors behind it in terms of my own personal pursuits my own personal challenge but how can I now do something that was bigger and greater and I basically sat there and I basically said listen um you know like I want to be able to like cycle from John O'Groats to Land's End um to kind of raise money for you know a cancer charity um and that's basically what I want to be able to do um you know for you know for you and you know for the kind of I suppose bigger um, bigger, bigger picture thinking. And so mate, I hadn't been on a bike since I did my paper round um, back when I was about 13. Uh, so ended up, my dad sent a bike up from Devon because again, I was like, I'm not spending any money on a bike because like ultimately, I don't think I'm ever going to cycle again. Um, and then I basically started to basically train for this kind of, yeah, John and Gropes to Land's End kind of cycle that I was basically going to do. Um, I basically hired a kind of cycling coach and uh, yeah, mate, off I went. And then basically off the back of that, that was 2018. Um, yeah, I cycled John O'Groats, land's end kind of, you know, solo while well, actually Lola and Leanne were in uh, the car behind me. Um, and that was just something that was just absolutely unbelievable. Like it was just the experience, the, the journey, the highs, the lows, the lessons, the mental resilience, the, um, opportunity that really gave me and the connection and like what it now allowed me to realize what it is you're really, truly capable of doing, was just so, 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 so powerful. Um, And then that's really where the exploration of then, but okay, let's now really see how good can I be, but what can I now really do and how far can I really take myself? So that when I'm an old granddad, I'm sitting in my rocking chair and I've got my grandkids or whatever it now might potentially be, I can look back at all the cool stuff that I've now done and had absolutely no regrets. So I then did a half Ironman with uh, a couple of clients uh, the year after. Um, And then obviously more recently, I basically did an Ironman around the estate, um, and now I'm kind of working towards some other kind of weird and wonderful endeavors, but I think that's it. It's just like, how can I explore what I'm really truly capable of? How can I now explore um, myself and really just now look at, yeah, my, my mental kind of fortitude, robustness, resilience, um, and then really just start to look at, right. Okay. Yeah. What are the lessons that's now teaching me? What's that now giving me? Um, and that's the thing that I love about it. You know, I, I think that's it. It's like, you think that you can't go any further, but then you just find that extra bit and then you find that extra bit Um, And I think that for me, mate, is just that stuff that like money can't buy. That's just incredible, you know? And that's the thing that gets me, that gets me going. and gives me a fire in the belly just to be a bit weird and wonderful, but it's that overarching thought process of yeah. How, when I look back in 10, 20, 30 years, I can really look and go, yep. I maximized and made the most out of the opportunity and the capacity that I had, which is what and why. And uh, the thing that drives me just now.
0: Yeah. I've just been reading them. Ross Edgeley's the the art of resilience there and I've recommended it to a couple of clients as well and a few of them have kind of come back and they've been like why in the fucking world would he want to do that and it's like yeah but you, you don't really understand like yeah you need to be physically actually capable of doing something like that you have to be realistic about what it is that you want to actually achieve but there's something so powerful about being able to just push the limits of human capability and push not necessarily human capability but what you're capable of like whatever you think you're capable of right now give it six months there's ridiculous things that you can achieve like i had a client the other week there well not even the other week let's talk seven weeks ago never ran on the road never ran on a treadmill I was like okay then do you want to build this up and he said okay then we'll we'll build up to a 5k and I was like within three weeks 5k was comfortable and I was like look we're going to do a 10k within about six six weeks and he was like oh no I'll, I'll never be able to do that and i was like no no you will be able to do that and it's just on a different scale and you've obviously been training and um, for a decent amount of time at all these different modalities so um again this leads us nicely on to the the great euro triathlon which i think it is fascinating like i think a lot of people like to hear about it so let us into what that involves
1: uh, so basically a couple of years ago obviously off the back of the kind of john O'Groats of the lands end and then obviously the half iron man and stuff like that i was thinking right well, okay again take a little bit of time just in between just to get back into training and uh, all those good things um and then i just basically was sat in the garden one day and i was like once again i was like how can i now just really start to challenge and explore and just uh, really do something that's once again gonna now take me to a different place that i can look back on and go yeah that was really cool um, and then if that uh, allows people to take inspiration into their own kind of little way that now means that they go from couch to 5K or they go from you know, nothing to gym, the gym three days a week or if they decide that they're now gonna walk whatever or run whatever, like that's all that really means to me. It's just like picking your own challenge um, and just now once again, like t- challenging and testing yourself and seeing right, well, okay, yeah, actually, um, how can I now push past what I believe is possible and the confidence and the power that gives you and what you learn about yourself, I think is going to be incredible. So anyway, um, the great year I basically contacted uh, one of my good friends who I knew that was kind of in a similar place to me. Um, and then basically said, this is my idea. This is basically what we're thinking. And like, I didn't have all the plans planned. It wasn't like, you know, there wasn't formal. I was like, listen, let's just, you know, kind of um, jump on a call and let's just kind of shoot away at some different kind of thought processes that we could now go through. And we ended up then coming up with um, obviously this um, kind of, Endeavour. Um, that was supposed to be this September, uh, but because of obviously the big sea, um, I was supposed to be getting married last year. And now, obviously, I'm getting married this year. So, logistically, um, I'm going to basically put it back a year. Um, I'm now doing it individually. Um, and basically, that's going to entail me cycling from John O'Groats to Dover, which is 850 miles. Um, I'm then going to swim the English Channel, which is 21 miles. And then I'm going to run from Calais to Paris, which is 165 miles back to back. So obviously back to back, meaning I'm still going to get some sleep obviously every night, uh, but I'm going to basically do that over a kind of dependent upon obviously logistics, uh, but probably like 14 to 17 days. So again, just something new. Um, and that's why I've been kind of doing like the iron. So I basically did an iron man around the estate uh, last year. I'm probably going to work towards, or I am going to work towards the double iron man this year. Um, and yeah, I just think that time in your own head, I think is just so super powerful. Um, and as well, like, when I lifted weights, it was great, but there were so many times to kind of quote Ross Edgley, I felt like an ornament um, and not really an instrument and actually, you know, being a little bit fitter and like being able to, you know, run, cycle, swim, carry, climb, crawl, whatever it now might be, um, actually is such a nice feeling rather than me just being able to shift the weight from a to b and so it's just about how can i now create that balance of how can i now look in a way that now complemented my life and gave me confidence and enhanced me but also um you know supported these performance kind of uh goals goals as well um and it also means you can eat an abundance of squares bars which is absolutely which is, which is, which is absolutely which is absolutely sensational so um yeah that's basically what the great euro try is um, it's still on the cards it's obviously just going to be pushed back um, I had to put my ego ego to one side and just kind of yeah think about what's important now um, rather than thinking no I've told myself I'm going to do this at this date so I'm going to go and do it you know yeah
0: well where's your wedding again you could maybe just just keep going and just run there as well <laughs> that's it yeah man I think
1: it might be quite 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 warm quite warm there but then to be fair mate probably be probably be nicer for the swim without a shadow of a doubt as long as there's not any sharks in Italy I don't think there are any sharks in Italy so I oh. think we'll be okay
0: no, I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, but I think this is kind of the way that I'm feeling as well just now with with football and with lifting weights. By no means am I not enjoying it, but I'm now thinking, right, realistically, have I hit a ceiling with, with football? Again, I'll maybe just allow my ego to take a hit and say yes. Um, there might not be much progression to be made here. So this is maybe a little bit of influence from the guys in the, in the high performance coach and yourself. But I'm now wanting to take on just a couple of different things that I've never really done before. Again, booked up um, the half marathon later on this year. That'll be the the longest distance that I've ever run. Um, And then the three peaks challenge as well. Um, Nevis, Snowden and Scaffold Scaffold Peak um, all in 24 hours. So it's just like, as you always say, it's about having something six months, 12 months down the line that actually makes you feel like, oh shit, that could be hard. Or this might not be easy.
1: Hundred percent. And here's the thing that I learned as well that I absolutely loved because basically, when I was going to do the half Ironman, I could I hadn't swim since I got my Frosty 25 meter badge uh, back at when I was at school. Um, And ultimately, there's nothing better than being a beginner again. I think that ability for you to now be able to be a beginner again is something where you're just learning. I think it's so powerful because again, it just now allows you to um, strip everything back, strip everything away. You forget about the world and what's going on around you, and you just have to focus on right. Okay um how do i now develop and progress and build and kind of progress and fail and progress and fail and progress and fail and then start to see improvements and then start to see, see things kind of building from there um and i think that's absolutely i think that's absolutely huge and that was probably one of the best things that i now love was actually going from not being able to swim 25 meters without needing to take my inhaler all the way through to them being able to uh, you know swim the best part of a few miles obviously you know for, for an iron man in an open lake so i think um it's just that, yeah. Like, how can I now be a beginner? Um, I think can be such a powerful way of thinking as well, which is which, which is great, especially when you've like done certain things for you know or certain disciplines for a period of time. Just taking a step away and think, okay, let me go and try this. Let me go and try this. Let me go and try this. It's just now experiences that just allow you to explore and take different lessons, and I think that's great, you know.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I've um I've certainly been humbled by the by the pool and for for the last couple of weeks. Um. Like a like a packet of empty crisps floating along, flapping <laughs> about. It's it's not being easy, but as you say, it is. It's humbling. Um,
1: getting overtaken by the grannies. So, well, no, I mean, I'm exactly the same. I'm like a brick in the water. I just seem to sink, and then there's like these ten year olds that are literally just absolutely zooming past. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so frustrating. That's
0: something to work on, anyway. Um, but I, we want to kind of talk about the. The coaching business that you've now built up—the the thing that I'm involved in—the high performance coach. Um, I mean, how would you explain it in a nutshell?
1: The high performance coach. Uh, the high the performance script. The, the like fundamentally for me, um, I've been the guy who's built a kind of body in terms of a physique and completely neglected the coaching business. Uh, my career, I've been the guy that's kind of gone all in on business and completely neglected my body shape, health, and performance because i was so work focused. I've been the guy that's gone in all all in on my body and all in on my business and then completely neglected my balance, my social and my relationships. I've been at the point where I've been kind of overworked, overwhelmed, fatigued uh, to the point of hospital and burnout. And I've also been the guy that's now kind of chased this level of, quote unquote success and then just felt lost, lonely, unfulfilled and questioning my entire identity, which is then why it allowed me to realize, well, OK, I can't be the only one um, who now is a coach that feels the way in which I now do when you've got all these roles and responsibilities. And this applies to um, everybody else in you know different walks of life as well with regards to career, family and yourself. Uh, which is why I now really wanted to make it my mission to be able to create the greatest coaching program for coaches who now want to build Never Ready Body, operate with unstoppable energy, and now thrive within the highest performing culture the fitness industry has ever seen by giving them the platform uh, to be able to raise the bar, pull even more potential out of themselves, and now really give them uh, the opportunity to elevate their personal professional standards so that they are now going to be at their absolute very, very best across body, business, brain, and balance. So they can therefore go and impact and positively transform and change more lives um and for me um that is now really the ethos that is re- the very thing that now drives me that is the very thing that gives me a fire and an energy and a level of passion like i've never had before um and that was a huge kind of turning point for me was just now realizing okay this is now my kind of calling and i'm just now acknowledging how can we just build better coaches athletes business owners and most importantly people um and that's just been an incredible kind of uh journey that we've now been on not because we're trying to shape and mold them into something but just simply because we want to give them the support the environment the safety and the platform to be able to do what we know that they're capable of but they've just not had that connection and all that glue that's giving them that uh, bridge that's going to be able to take them there so that is basically what the high performance coach is um and yeah that is that is basically what we do how we do it and why we do
0: it yeah and i think when i first kind of come on board and you basically talk about like Get the person thriving, the the people and the profit will follow. I was just like, nah, nah, I just need I just need business advice. I just need to know how to do this. But it's so, so true. Like, if you can just raise your energy, raise your standards and raise the way that you operate on a daily basis and actually stop kidding yourself on. Like, there's a lot of coaches who come in on board with you. And we're just like, I was totally out of shape. My training was absolutely shocking. Like my standards were just piss poor. And it's funnily enough, as soon as you raise them, everything else around about you starts starts coming up the business starts growing the people around you become like better people it's just it's such a powerful kind of business that you've built and again I know you'll a lot of people will tell you this all the time but it's the 100 plus coaches that you've got in the high performance coach and it's that snowball effect on from every single one of those coaches just imagine everyone else has got 20 clients that snowball effect to everyone else's family it's it's so powerful and it's it's incredible what you've managed to create over the past however
1: many years. It's been maybe two years now. Yeah, thank you, my friend. And again, like I'm a massive believer and we're just kind of getting started. There's always still so much to develop, explore and build upon. Um, and I'm also a massive believer that fundamentally has got um, an element to do with me, but ultimately it's then got to do with the ownership and the responsibility that every single other uh, coach now really takes and how they've been able to really buy in and build that trust and now really um, raise and elevate themselves Um, which has been absolutely huge so i'm a massive believer that i'm simply just kind of like the the the, the facilitator um, that allows you to be able to do what you now really well and truly do um which gives me yeah great fulfillment and is absolutely absolutely incredible and i think it's the ability for you now to be able to take yourself from the bottom of the list to the top of the list is your ability to now be able to acknowledge that being selfish is the greatest form of being selfless It's your ability to now be able to have that level of trust, that level of respect, that level of compassion for yourself. And for you to now be able to realize that if I'm now working, serving, leading, looking after myself to a greater capacity, everybody else around you gets a far better um, Ryan. Um, And ultimately, then the confidence of that then instills the leadership that gives you the authority that allows you to create because your ability to now be able to convey, communicate, coach, And also um, talk from a place of empathy and authenticity and relatability through your stories and lessons and experiences is so powerful. And I think the big thing is, is like the reason that the high performance coach is what it is, is because of all my failures, my fuck ups, my um, setbacks and all the lessons that I've had to now go through to realize, Okay, do you know what? Like, I certainly don't have all the answers, but based upon what I've now been through, here's some kind of systems, some standards, some strategies and um, the level of kind of um, support that i now wish that i had when i was kind of now um in that kind of uh, realm and i'm still absolutely in that but that's the thing that continues to allow me to want to be better and allows me to ask better questions of myself and uh, that's why um you've become such an integral part of what we do as well which is huge yeah i think from Everyone that's going to listen to
0: this from minute one to now, they'll kind of understand why it's shaped you in that way, and why the high performance coach has been the thing that's come of this. Um, from your obviously your football days, bodybuilding days, to most recently, like this is probably why this has come out at the end. Um, so yeah, unreal. Um, so something I definitely wanted to ask you about because I know you're—it's your speciality—and it's energy and standards because again, it's an absolute fundamental of the high performance coach. And it's, it's obviously something that I've taken a lot from. And um, I probably went from being that guy that would snooze three times. I would look, look out my window and go, not today. I'm going back to bed. But now it's just a case of like, well, energy is just not every day. Majority of days, much more than it was before. It's just like I can click up. I can get going. My standards are 10 times better than they were before. So how do you think or why do you think you're now the guy that kind of helps people get their standards up.
1: But I think ultimately it's going to be your ability to now be able to articulate somebody's problem better and they can explain it themselves. So that connection obviously creates trust and creates kind of buy-in. And then also through the lessons and experiences you've now been through. And I think that's really what it is. And I think that one of the biggest lessons for me in terms of like my kind of energy management is now realizing, well, okay, you don't just have energy, you create energy. You create energy by raising necessity. You create energy by uh, finding a greater power in, in a higher level of responsibility. Uh, you create energy by making sure that you start to raise awareness around um, your anchor points, where am I at my best, when am I at my lowest, what now currently is, um, sustains me and what currently drains me um and looking at right okay how do i now want to start to kind of live my life what do i want to do more of what do i now want to do less of and i think that's absolutely key and absolutely influential and it's about like again for me i woke up every single day for so long it's just expecting to have energy instead of now thinking right okay how can i now be the power plant, you know, power plants don't just have energy, power plants generate energy. So you now want to be the power plant of your life, you want to be the power plant of your family, the power plant of your career. Uh, But that now requires you to generate energy through the anchor points, the tasks, the action steps that now fulfill you. And again, that can just be really simple and really easy, like going for a walk for 10 to 15 minutes just throughout the course of your day that now uh, potentially now might be having a cold shower, training, moving, listening to music, having an inspiring conversation, listening to a podcast. It's all these little kind of small uh, micro components that are absolutely huge. It's even just raising necessity between going from one task to another. So your ability to be able to think, right, okay, um, I'm now shifting from work to the gym. So Um, What do I now need to leave behind and now stepping into the gym? Who is it that I now want to be? What is the purpose and what are the consequences of me now not taking action? And that ability to also have a high level of consequence of not now taking action continues to then drive you even more so. But I think the ability to now be able to operate and think and focus on thoughts beyond yourself, like why you're now really well and truly doing this um, gives you so much power because every single decision, action and choice that I now take and make is about me, but it's not about me because I can let myself down pretty easily you know, uh, but ultimately the very people that I cannot now let down are the people that believe in me, trust in me, invest in me, support me, guide me, and also are now looking to me. And that's now the responsibility that I now have in me that continues to drive me to be the best that I can be and continue to now manage my energy to a greater capacity. So I think it's that ability just to be able to kind of really raise awareness and look at, okay, where, where am I losing energy right now? Where am I gaining energy right now? Where do I now need to spend a little bit more time? What anchor points do I now need to create? Where do I need to raise that kind of high level of awareness? And how do I need to probably slow down? And that ability just to be able to take a step back just gives you that acknowledgement. And that will then give you a level of control, which I believe is unbelievably powerful. And instead of now thinking like you're a desktop computer and you've got a hundred different tabs open, how can you now just start to think more like an athlete where you're going to sprint, rest, reassess, sprint, rest, reassess. Um, But again, that's in alignment with that kind of um, vision and mission of right. Okay, how do I want to live? You know, how do I want to live? Where do I want to be? Uh, what impact do I now want to be able to create? And what is that responsibility? Is that now I want to be a role model for my kids? Is that now that I want to be um, a role model for my clients? Is that now that I want to be the very best leader um, within um, my uh, workplace? You know, whatever it now is, like everybody has different motives and different drivers, but it's then that ability to be able to kind of get clearer over that and then kind of start to lean into that and back yourself and believe in yourself and trust yourself with that and go forward with that. And again, one of the big kind of ethos is that we now kind of have is like, well, OK, what would a high performance coach do? So if you now don't feel as though you have the capacity and you're stuck in your own head and or you're stuck and you just feel a little bit overwhelmed, you question yourself. Like, OK, let me take a step back. What would a high performance coach do? Okay, that allows you just to be able to remove the emotion. It lets the logic to start to come through. And then it allows you to step into, right. okay, um, this is now what I feel is going to be best. So I think that's absolutely key. And then I think the other thing is just the boundaries and the barriers and starting to look at the narrative of, right. okay, the better that I now serve myself, the better I now serve others around me. And that doesn't need to be monumental because different people have got different roles and responsibilities. But just now being able to realize that you are everything. You know, without you, there is like not like nothing. So how you now look after yourself and the boundaries, the barriers and the standards that you now set for yourself really shape and mold the decisions, the choices. And one big thing that actually a good friend sent to me is like the higher your standards and um, the higher your standards are, the uh, more that stops you from low quality experiences. You know, so the ability now to be able to have higher standards prevents you from lower quality experiences, because obviously the standards that you now set and how and uh, what you now demand of yourself allows you to step into that which then allows you to live more in alignment with okay this is who i want to be this is what i want to create this is how i want how i want to live um and having that narrative and having that kind of um conviction is absolutely huge but i think the big lesson for me over the last year or two is the ability to slow down and just take more time to think and i think that's been absolutely key then in terms of like decision making and also understanding where is my genius like what are you actually great at what do you love You know, and what is it you're currently doing? You actually hate that you just now feel as though that you need to be doing because that's always what you've always done. Like big thing I talk about is almost like life is sometimes like playing a game of buckaroo. It's like almost like you pick all this baggage up along the way with you. And then at some point, a bit like me with burnout, it goes, it, it sets off. And then you basically pick all that baggage up again and you go off again. So you're starting to look at, right, okay, what do I need to leave behind? What do I now want to delegate, systemize and or eradicate? Where do I want to be spending more time um, and when you start to do that, that fills you and gives you a, a level of kind of energy. And of course, you still have to do things that you don't enjoy. But that ability to be able to now think about, well, OK, these are the things that I prefer to do, I like to do, I want to do more of, um, will be the things that really kind of ignite you. But so often we don't give ourselves permission to do those because you're like, when I get to X or when I get to Y or when I get to Z position, instead of actually now realizing, well, actually, if you started to incorporate that more into your day, well, what impact would that have in your life, your well-being, your happiness, your fulfillment and all those good things would probably be. Pretty powerful
0: yeah for sure that's that was a good answer (laughs) um uh, for me anyway like it's it's almost easy now with with 50 plus clients like behind me there's almost there's absolutely no reason for me to press news there's no reason for me to go i'm just going to chuck this day and give up because i've got that excellent amount of accountability like for each of my clients, they've perhaps only got me. I'm the only person they're accountable to. They might not have anyone else in their life. And that's times one. But for every single one of them, it's, it's almost like times 50 accountability. And that's that's a fire in, fire in my belly that I've never had before. But I, before I was a coach and when I was perhaps working in Amazon or doing all these other jobs, I think the thing that held me back the most was, as you kind of talked about, just not realising... What could be in the future if I raise my standards today, tomorrow and for the rest of the week, where could I be in three to six months time? Where could I be in a year's time in terms of body composition, in terms of fat loss, in terms of performance? Whatever it could be, you've just got to try and think
1: long game, which is hard to do. 100%. And again, I think important to note here as well that your best looks different each and every day. Like, I have plenty of days that I can't be bothered, you know, like, but it's that ability to now be able to remember, right, okay, where is that responsibility? And now, what do I now need to do today that's now going to allow me to serve myself, others around me, and my future self to the greatest capacity. So it's about now just looking back and just now realizing that you now can't compare what you did yesterday to today because the internal or the external world looks different. Um, Your energy management is going to kind of shift and alter due to an abundance of different things. So it's the ability to manage your expectation. It's your ability to now be able to focus on, okay, how am I now raising, elevating my standards, my systems and my operating kind of procedures in terms of what it is that I now want to facilitate. Um, and create structure for and then your ability to be able to work off minimums and maximums rather than thinking right. okay i did this yesterday so i need to do this again today so that level of awareness to be able to kind of manage the highs and lows the ability to now be able to ask yourself those questions um and your ability to now be able to be more like a thermostat rather than just like a kind of on or off um is really really powerful so i think it's important that yeah, we realize that some days your energy is going to be high, some days your energy is going to be low. Well, okay, in those situations, in those circumstances, what is it you need to do? How do you need to act? How do you need to operate? Um, and how can you now have a level of acceptance of that rather than contis- consistently kind of setting these expectations that you now can't consistently live up to because you've been too stiff and rigid and not dynamic and flexible um, and malleable in that approach?
0: Yeah. I think it's it's just crucial to know that you're you're not going to wake up every day feeling 100% motivated you're not going to have 100% energy it's just a case of doing these things on a daily basis when you don't feel like you want to when you don't feel like you can be arsed um and that's that's what's it that's what's going to bring you forward that's what's going to push you forward um so moving on to the end I just want to ask you about future aspirations like what
1: What's next for Joe Parish this year, five years' time, 10 years' time? I think, mate, for, for me, I actually got asked this question a, a kind of few months ago. And again, I'll probably give you a very, very similar answer, probably paraphrase in a slightly different way. Um, for me, mate, I'm ultimately not too worried about that. If I now continue to live congruently in line with my values and I continue to do the things that I now enjoy, continue to challenge myself, um, I continue to surround myself with the right types of people that um, inspire me, guide me, um, keep me on the straight and narrow And uh, I can now continue to do things that I believe is right for me, then I know that the future will fundamentally take care of itself. I just now want to be able to have fun, challenge, and demand more for myself. And I want to be able to really continue to um, have a greater impact, the kind of the the kind of the the infinite kind of mission that I have at the moment in terms of doing what I now want to do from a kind of coaching perspective. You can't quantify that. I can't now have like a kind of tangible metric because. Ultimately, there isn't one. Um, So for me, it's just about now knowing that the decisions, actions, and choices that I'm now taking and making are in alignment with my life blueprint, um, how I now want to live, where I want to be spending my time and spending my energy. um, I'm having the opportunity then to be able to kind of maximize those experiences to my greatest capacity. And I think that's going to be absolutely key. And I now know that, obviously, you know, personally, physically, and professionally, um, whatever's meant to be will be meant, you know, will, will be. But if I continue to live in accordance with, that then i'm sure the universe will kind of you know take care of itself in that kind of weird and wonderful way that it's that it usually does so so um i just want to continue to explore that kind of question of how good can i really be not not as an athlete not just as a business owner not just as a coach but as a partner as a parent as a dog dad um whatever it now might potentially be um and yeah, mate, leave people in a better place than i found them and if i can do that through me serving myself to a greater capacity and then imparting something and giving somebody the support and platform to be able to then do something they didn't think would be possible and i can then lead them with that little something i can be a small part of their kind of big monumental life then mate fantastic you know
0: love that um here's me expecting you to say you wanted to add 50 kilograms to your bench press as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be mate, That that'd be that would be that'd be nice as well. Yeah, mate. If I could do if I could do that, that'd fanta- that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. But um, yeah, mate. What about you, Ryan?
0: Um, what about me? Now it's just about currently, it's just about leveling up this coaching business. It's about just having a having a bigger impact on people. And it's about, I mean, short term, it's really about kind of just living, living the life I want to live, because I think right now I'm living in mum and dad's um, office in the back room, we can hear the washing machine going, is is not serving me to the best right now. So we'd like to push on from that first. But um, oh, look, there's so much to come. Um, we're just getting started, as you say. Um, only one year into this. So business-wise, it's, there's a lot more to come. Um, I just I don't even know. That's the thing. And that's a good thing as well, I think. I think not knowing and just kind of just if you live within your highest values and see where that takes you, then only good can come.
1: It's on its way and you're exactly where you're supposed to be, my friend. It is on its way. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. I think if you can now continue to, and that's a big thing for me, it's like knowing that if you now live within that thought process and if you continue to do the right things that you believe are correct for you, then... Yeah, mate. You're only going to move. You're only going to continue to move forward. But if you live too far in that kind of expectation of where you're not, or what you haven't yet done, or what you haven't yet accomplished or achieved, then I think some fundamentally, you spend so much time in that gap, and you don't necessarily allow yourself to appreciate the right now. And of course, you know, have I got like big lofty goals and all these good things? Absolutely. But I know that they're largely irrelevant um, in the grand scheme of things. They basically kind of set the the roadmap, I suppose. Um, they set the direction. But yeah, it's like what can I do today that would take care of that uh, that my future self will also then thank me for. I think mate, that is fundamentally it, you know, we're all just exploring, learning, growing, and um, also winging it as well, mate, you know, like that's, that's the other big thing. We're all just winging it and just basically see what happens. And if I continue to do my best, then yeah, we'll see what
0: happens. Exactly. Um, So I wanted to go into a little quick fire. You've only got three questions. Here they go. Favorite holiday destination.
1: Oh mate, I probably have to say Italy because that's where we got engaged and we're getting married. Super. Favorite food? Oh mate, do you know what this is? I can't. I'm not sure I can answer this question. I actually don't. I uh, oh, admit I like a steak pie. I do enjoy. Steak I do enjoy a good. Doing, doing, I do enjoy a good. A good steak. A good steak pie i've seen a few
0: good steak pies on your story on a sunday to be fair
1: i do enjoy i do leanne is a phenomenal cook to be fair to her, so mate we have some we have some fantastic we have some fantastic food so mate yeah i'd probably say honey there's loads of things but like if i just go for a home comfort i'd probably stay probably say steak pie yeah nice
0: okay podcast recommendation or audiobook or just book whatever you want to call it
1: Really powerful book that I read was Somebody Should Have Told Us by Jack Pransky. Um, that's an absolutely phenomenal um, read that I actually really, really, really enjoyed, um, which was absolutely incredible. Another great book uh, that I've read is The Almanac of Navarre Ravikant, which is absolutely phenomenal. I think the insights and the uh, wisdom there is powerful. From a um, financial perspective, The Psychology of Money uh, by Morgan Housel, I think his name is, um, is also exceptional um, and really, really... Um, positive and then a couple of the other books i absolutely love are the slight edge by jeff Olson, which i think i recommended to you and then i also love as well legacy by uh, the new zealand all blacks i think that's probably one of the best ever books that i've ever read around kind of culture and team um, and all those good things um so that will probably be me and then podcast wise i'm so enjoying the high performance podcast which is uh, which is superb in terms of in terms of some great insights yeah, probably say, mate. They're, they're they're the kind of they're the kind of main ones. And then bonds, other podcasts I could go into now as well. But it would just be, yeah, that's that's pro- that's probably me at the moment. Cool, perfect, Joe. Um, well, thank you
0: very much for coming on. I appreciate your time as always. Um, that's been a good chat. Got through quite a bit there, so yeah, unreal. Thank you very much,
1: dude. An absolute pleasure, privilege, and honor. And uh, mate, you're a legend. Keep up the incredible work. Thank you very much, Joe.
0: Catch you in a bit.